Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. And I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing season two of Daredevil. Damask. Broad. How are you today? I'm good. We just finished a great little session of D&D. It was a good little and session of D&D. that was fun, wasn't it? That yeah. was very fun. Yeah, how are you? Um, right now... After this D&D session, we are sitting in the middle of my lounge room, surrounded by a bunch of crap that's getting on a van tomorrow to move. Um, we're making it work. It's, <laughs> it's, house I'm, feels a bit weird. I'm a bit sad about moving, it actually. It does very look sad. like that tower made by crazy people in <laughs> Buffy in season five. Oh, oh, yeah, right. That glorious tower. Yep. Yeah, right. Actually, yeah, the way everything's it's packed very up. very reminiscent of that. Yeah, so just living in a bit of a dump at the moment. But, you know, that will be transported somewhere else to be a dump. So, that's mm. uh, that'll be good. Uh, let's get straight into it then. Spoiler warning. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one and two of Daredevil. Before listening, we recommend watching Daredevil and Jessica Jones. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. There are spoilers ahead you have been warned. Some facts and figures for you. I've changed Ooh. the title. It's no longer breakdown because I keep getting confused with the story breakdown. Yeah, right. So I've changed it to something with alliteration. I love the FF. Facts mm. and figures. Season two of Daredevil shuffles things around a bit behind the scenes with writers Doug Petrie and Marco Ramirez replacing previous showrunner Stephen S. De Knight. I kept saying just Stephen S. Knight last time. Stephen S. De Knight. The core cast of the first season returns with the notable additions of John Ber- Bernthal as Frank Castle, aka The Punisher, and I'm going to fuck this up. Elodie Jung? Elodie? Elo- I think it's Elodie Jung. Elodie Jung, thank you. Elodie. <laughs> I read it phonetically. Elodie is much more nice mm. and much more melodic, much actually. Much more nice. Much too, more. Yeah. Yep, English is my first language. Uh, Elodie Jung as Electra. It, uh, my, my thing uh, autocorrected her name to Nachos, which it definitely isn't. <laughs> Electra Nachos. I've yeah. just noticed that. Uh, can you help me with that one? What's her name? Oh, Ele- I don't know her last name. Oh, it starts with N. It, it does. doesn't matter because her. It's like her, Natrios or something. That, let's go with Natrios. That's very mm. nice. Uh, but her, aka just Electra anyway, so Electra's fine. Season two consists of 13 episodes, each coming in at around 55 minutes and took us approximately 11 hours and 45 minutes to watch. Damask, do you have a story? Story synopsis for us. I surely do. Matt Murdock and his wacky pals Foggy and Karen are back to their normal lives, helping out the neighbourhood and being paid in baked goods. And at night, Matt transforms himself into the vigilante hero Daredevil. All seems to be going well until a new player hits the scene. 
He's a vigilante, much like the beloved devil of Hell's Kitchen, but with a slightly different tactic. Instead of giving criminals lectures and noogies, he just shoots them in the face. While certainly a messier way of doing things, you can't say it isn't effective. A would-be victim of the Punisher turns up on Nelson Murdoch's doorstep looking for help. He needs to be in the witness protection stat. The Punisher is hunting him down, just as he did to all the Irish gangsters and Mexican cartel members in Hell's Kitchen. Matt, being a good Catholic boy, has a bit of an issue with murderous rampages and takes it upon himself to stop the big, bad Punisher. They meet, they fight, and during a sting operation organised by the DA, Matt is taken hostage by this dark and broody version of himself. And instead of attacking one another with their fists, they talk about their methodology. The Punisher states, You hit them and they get back up. I hit him and they stay down. That's a beautiful impression. Thank you. Daredevil refuses to believe that killing is the answer. They eventually fight some more and Daredevil escapes the clutches of his sadistic new friend. Karen investigates the origins of the latest vigilante and has slipped some info from the assistant DA. It turns out the ominous villain is in fact a man named Frank Castle. During a visit to Central Park with his family, he was caught in the crossfire between different factions and his wife, son and daughter were all killed. Frank, however, survived. And now he wants justice. But there is more to this story than just the castles being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It seems that this wasn't just a drug deal gone wrong, but was in fact an orchestrated sting with D.A. Reyes at the helm. The Punisher attacks the last remaining members of the Irish gang after being captured by them, and Daredevil helps him escape but the seemingly unstoppable force that is Frank Castle has run out of steam and lets himself be captured by the police. It's time for the trial of the century. Nelson and Murdoch are on the case. I'm sure it will end well. But don't get too comfortable with that storyline, kids. You know how at the beginning I said there was a new player in town called the Punisher? Well, now there is a new, new player in town. And her name is Electra. She's Matt's old college girlfriend who also seems to have some pretty sweet ninja skills. She lures Matt deeper into his daredevil life with stories of the Yakuza taking over Hell's Kitchen again. This, of course, distracts Matt from his life as a lawyer and leaves both Foggy and Karen to take on all of the responsibility of the Frank Castle trial. They are not happy about this, to say the least, and the friendship is strained to the point of breaking. But Matt is too busy being chased by ninjas and discovering giant hellmouths and vampire mummies and children of the corn. Yes, things are certainly getting mystical up in Hell's Kitchen, and it's the perfect time for Stick to come back. Turns out he isn't only Matt's mentor, but also Electra's. He's a big fan of child soldiers and wanted to recruit them both for an ancient war against some sort of vague bad guy thing that I still don't understand. The point is it's very bad and the secret to successfully destroying it is having a couple of kids judo chop it in the face. And while we try to digest that, let's go back to the trial where Foggy is struggling to keep his client out of prison. But that's not helped by Frank totally wigging out on the stand and practically sending himself to the big house. But it wasn't him having a mental break. It was a plan. He received word that a very important man wanted to see him. And look who it is. It's our good friend Wilson Fisk running things and wanting Frank's particular skill set to first clean up the prison and then to clean up the streets of New York in preparation for Fisk's return. And the Punisher obliges. He stabs and punches to death everyone he needs to before being returned by Kingpin to the streets. Word of Castle's breakout quickly reaches all those that conspired to cover up the truth behind his family's death. 
Soon people are dropping like flies, including the DA, who finally admits to all the wrong she has done when it comes to Frank. But Reyes is not the last puzzle piece in the mystery. There is another player, a character called the Blacksmith, who seems to be behind it all and who eluded capture the day Frank's family died. Frank manages to hunt down this blacksmith with Karen by his side because, well, she's just there and is reporting on stuff, maybe. Look, I don't know. Anyway, he finds the guy who turns out to be his old commander from his days in the army. Frank shoots him in the head and completes his transformation into the Punisher. And Karen cries on the road. And back to the Electra and Daredevil stuff. So it turns out the Hand have been looking for this thing called Black Sky, which will help them win the war. And surprise, it turns out to be Electra. And she's all, well, if these strangers say I'm a killing machine weapon thing, then I guess I am. But then when Matt says he'll take her to London, she's all, you know what, I think I do deserve a vacation, so I won't be your murderous leader. I'll fight you dudes instead. And so that's what her and Daredevil do, but sadly she gets stabbed and dies, and Matt is very sad about this. But don't worry, because Electra gets put into some sarcophagus thing that will no doubt result in her resurrection. And since Matt is a Catholic and has a huge brain for people who die and rise again, I think he'll be rock hard when Electra returns. So, uh, I guess that's season two. The end. Thank you very much, Damask. That was wonderful. Okay, now normally at this stage we would have a thing that we would call general thoughts. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be honest with you, I think general thoughts sort of gives it away a little bit too much. Yeah, it does. We tend to go into pretty big detail. We waffle and waffle and waffle. Yeah, so we're going to try and streamline this a little bit. And rather than having an extended general thoughts before we start talking specific points, we are going to just have a five-word summation of our feelings of the season before we get into discussion points. Just a little teaser, a little teaser for our thoughts. Now, this can either be a five-word sentence that sort of sums up your thoughts, or it could be five individual words, say, describing words mm. to explain your thoughts. Um, so, I will go first. Okay. My five words are better, but, derivative, and dated. Oh, that's good. What are, you, what are your five words, Damask? Punisher can't save this show. Ooh, I like it. Mm, I like yours. I like it. Ooh, now, yeah. See, now, see, that's good. Now I'm itching to get into the discussion. Like, <laughs> I want to get into it. All right, so let's get into some discussion points. First and foremost, let's talk about the two new additions mm. to the Daredevil sort of mythos, the story that's going on here. Um, basically, you've got two storyline, major storylines happening. One starts with the Punisher. Uh, Frank Castle introduced in episode one, and he he has sort of has a mini arc that's over by episode four, but continues on for the rest of the season. In episode five, Electra comes in, and so what the show seems to have done is with Fisk out of the way, rather than have although there is a big bad that we'll get to at one stage, the the ongoing villains, the ones we get to know, villains in inverted commas, are these other vigilante type people reflections mm. of Matt Murdock, you might yes. say. Um, and I, I'm just noticing from our notes here, you call, sort of called this two seasons in one. Mm. Do you want to explain your thoughts on that to begin with? So the season begins and we have what I think a pretty solid storyline with The Punisher. Mm -hmm. I think it explores some really interesting themes around vigilantism and um, – two different ideologies and methodologies about how to deal with injustice. Yep. And I think that's a really cool idea. And I think The Punisher is a fantastic, if not entirely like 
like or a complete adversary, but at least mm. a foil to um, Daredevil in yeah. a lot in a lot of things that he's attempting to do. I think that's great. And then we deviate from that and we get something that feels like a completely different season. Not only a completely different season, a different show almost. Yep. Um, and then that comes in the in towards the center or the middle of the season. And then towards the end we have Punish It Comes Back and then we have a bit of a lecture and it's just a mishmash of two very different things. Um, and it's disappointing because while I can see at least a way for me to find either of those some, like somewhat enjoyable for very different reasons, because they're together, it re- they undercut each other and I, it doesn't serve the show to do that at all. It's, it's messy and it's not focused. Is it because you think they're too opposed, they're too different, the storylines? They don't support each other, they just work against each other? They certainly don't support each other. I yeah. mean, one is very grounded and is this um, raw and personal story and mm-hmm. the other is mystical it's supernatural it's otherworldly yeah and they're very they're very different things to explore in one season yeah it's interesting because you think of like how gritty and dark and sort of grounded the first season of daredevil was was beyond the fact that daredevil has like these superhuman powers Mm. the rest of the show is really trying like it tries to have a scientific quote-unquote explanation for his powers to some degree i mean the first season was yeah, we get this cool side of Daredevil when we see him doing like awesome, sweet moves and stuff. But it feels like the tonally, it feels almost like a crime drama. Yeah, which I think somewhat matches with what they're doing with Punisher. Well, that's what that's what I say. Punisher continues that yeah. for sure. Whereas the Electra thing completely deviates from that and is a different show. Yep. Yes, that uh, it really turns into, and we talked a bit about season one about how the family stuff felt a bit Wednesday or Bus- mm. Buffy or something like that. The second half of this season, with its <laughs> villains and its and the mystical side of mm. things, gets very Buffy in there yeah. as well. Really into its supernatural, and that's stuff. why I don't want to completely disregard it and say like, "Oh, it's total shit," and I wouldn't like that show if that's what they were doing. Because there, I think there is a way for me to enjoy that. But when you put it next to the Punisher, it's just like, "Whoa, what is this?" It's jarring. Do you think the Punisher storyline? Overall, throughout the season, is superior to the Electra storyline. Uh yes, I do. Okay, yeah. um, is that how you feel? I personally was because, and maybe because they gave him space in those first four episodes, mm. and because even to the point of maybe indulging a little bit, we really get to know a lot about Frank Castle, mm. and we get to there's a, just that really good back and forth between him and Daredevil, just talking about. And arguing about their ideologies and why his works and why, but why you can't do that and so on and so forth. And so there's something about that character. It's funny because I've always found the Punisher as so. We should talk about that too. The Punisher is quite a well-known Marvel comic book character. Mm. Um, I mean, even I know who the Punisher is, and yeah, I don't know anything. He's had two or three movies, I think, sort of mm. like R-rated movies. Well, at least one of them was. Um, he's just famous for being like a badass. He's like that '90s. Venom and Carnage sort of style of um, Marvel character when when they were trying to get dark and gritty. Mm. Um, he he could easily be really over the top and shit. In fact, I think he has been a lot of the time in the past. Just but like if you go lean into that tongue in cheek, that can be fun. But that's not what they're going for here. They were trying to make him like 
they were trying to give him some depth and make that gruff, like I'm the Punisher, actually be something. And mm. it kind of worked. Like yeah. I was I think it as did. cartoonish as it can be sometimes, um, maybe it was in the performance, but I was kind of I, I usually those gruff voice mm. male like gun toting like you see them in video games it's and stuff like all the machismo time. and all that yeah, stuff. And yeah, and that stuff really ties me out sometimes. But because we got to just actually look at that and saw yeah. this hyper masculine and I think rough revenge. It, it helps because we, yeah, we have that hyper masculine, I'm just going to kill everything machismo. Mm-hmm. On the surface, that's what it looks like. And we first see that's what it looks like. But then we see what is underneath that is it's completely fueled by a deep, nurturing, paternal love. Yeah. Um, so we get to see those two sides, and which I think is important in enriching the character. Definitely. And yeah, for as silly as the Punisher can, like even the name, right? Like he never does it in the show, <laughs> but he's a character that gets around with a giant skull on his chest. Yeah. Like it's it's a silly character if you think about it like that. The, guy, the fact that he's got any legitimacy at all is pretty good. Like I'll give it props for that. And I agree, the first four episodes I think are, are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Not perfect, no, but, no. Um, but pretty good. And the Electra stuff... Electra is also a reasonably famous character. I think mainly people would know Electra, not necessarily from the Daredevil comics, unless you'd read them, of course you would then, but because she was also a character on the posters and in the Daredevil movie. Mm. She was played I mean, she by had her own Jennifer Gunn. Movie, she yeah. did. She had her own spin-off movie, mm. exactly right. So people are aware of Electra for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um uh, yeah, I don't know. I have more complex feelings about that. There are some elements of the Electra stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, I particularly like that she actually has some fucking chemistry with Matt Murdock. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? <laughs> apart from the other potential love interest in this show, which we'll get to at some oh, stage. Yeah. That I appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. I that the, the mystical side of things, yeah, might be okay. I think that starts... If, as much as The Punisher could be one-note, one-dimensional and silly... I found the mystical mysticism side of things not particularly interesting. Oh, or- of of course, and that's I think it's a real shame because if they, because I'm not really sure what they want to do, but if they did want to do the complete Electra story and really focus on that, I think they could have really delved into that, and it wouldn't feel so rushed or so tacked do you, on. Did it feel rushed to you? It did to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It felt like all right. So we spent you know the first like four episodes, whatever it is on the Punisher, um, and then we will bring in Electra, but then we're, we're also balancing that with, you know, the Punisher's trial and stuff like that. And so it, it feels, I feel like it's, yeah, it's unfocused. Like nothing really gets delved into enough to make it feel fully realised. So they get in the way of each other, do they? Mm, absolutely. It's uh, uh, You might be right. It's funny because I actually think the two storylines and having those two storylines in a lot of ways, is is a step up from last season where I found the very one-tracked storyline boring me to tears and being so... It just kept stretching... This is what I complained about being 13 episodes. It was like there wasn't mm-hmm. enough story for 13 episodes. Yeah. It's this really drawn-out crime drama that's just full of stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So, just like, this could have been done a long time yeah. ago. I, I think... Yeah, I, I agree that that could have been a way to be like, oh, yes, really fill it up, really build the world. If those two things... Um, supported one another. That's the thing. But that's they missing. don't. They're completely yeah. disjointed. Yeah, and in, in some ways, maybe even are too cl- like the main players in those storylines are a little too close to each other. If you're going to have the Punisher, which is like about doing 
Daredevil's job at killing people. And Elektra's all about, hey, Matt, you should kill people. It's like, oh, you're both sort of sending the same, a similar message in some ways. Mm. Um, that, yeah, you need another point of difference there a little bit more if to, and then you yeah, have those reflect each other. But yeah, so in some ways, I think structurally, it kind of works at least from a, like an mm. energy level, but from a narrative level, no, they don't support each other and they get in the way of each other. Yeah, no, I, I do like the idea of, yeah, you have the Punisher who is what Matt could be and then yep. you have this woman that he has great chemistry with and at one point has really loved who is like, who is similar to the Punisher in which she has a, a thirst for killing. She mm-hmm. has, There's something in she her. She enjoys it. Yeah, and it is also a reflection of what Matt has spoken about in the past about having that monster within him. And so him having to, yeah, see what he hates in the Punisher in the woman he loves. That could be really interesting storytelling. But they, it's, yeah, they never really connect those things in a satisfying way. No, they really only connect them... In like the final scene, I want to say, where the Punisher decides to give mm, Matt a hand yeah. at the end, and yeah. he's like, "Catch you later, I'll bruh. see you around, Red." Yeah, yeah. catch you, and he just leaves, and it's like, "Oh, mm. that was the resolution to that story." Yeah. And also, he's like, "Matt, cool with the fact that he just killed a bunch of people." Yeah, on yeah. the roof, he's like, just giving him a thumbs up. I'm like, um, shouldn't you be upset? I'm sure. Sh- I know they're ninjas, but. Don't you love everyone? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't think murdering was the way, was it, Matt? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, good point. Um, he, he did have that that one scene with the Punisher, actually, where he... Oh, well, that might be the explanation. Didn't he? He had a scene where he's like, maybe this one time, actually, that this will be the solution. Time, yeah. And he does a little, like, cross the, yeah. you know, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit bit. Mm. <laughs> Didn't buy it? No, of course not. Just seemed like a bit of an about face. It's just like, wait, What? This whole time you'd be like, no, I can't. I can't do it. In the face of Grotto, like Grotto about to die in the very beginning, you're like, I can't shoot you. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, actually, maybe it, yeah, maybe that will work. The Punisher did say in that line, I should be fair, he did say, listen, if you cross that line, there's no coming back from it sort of scenario. But I also, I, I felt like that was betraying the Punisher a little bit in having him say that line. No, I, I, no, I think as... Because the Punisher grows to some degree here. He especially has his mm. scenes with Karen. He's sort of, you know, we find out more about him and what drove him to do what he's doing. And he's, while he's good at killing and he enjoys killing, he doesn't necessarily, and he thinks it's effective. I don't think he necessarily thinks that makes him a good person. He does it because he has to do it and can do it. Mm. Yeah, no, but I, I just see it as... The Punisher's whole thing is that he need he needs to get this done. No matter what, he's going to get it done. And so, if Daredevil helping him gets it done, that's the most important thing. I don't think he's going to be worried about Matt's soul. No, I disagree with that because he, he obviously is owning what he did, but that's because mm. if he didn't own what he did, there's a good chance he would hate himself for it or he would or he may feel some sort of uh, like he's done something morally incorrect by killing he he fully embraces and owns it it's it he's like self-torturing himself he doesn't necessarily want matt he knows matt is so strict about his i think there's enough respect there that knowing matt's code he doesn't want him to break it just for him necessarily he wants to put punisher will put himself into that situation he hasn't been known to put anybody he thinks is innocent in that situation in what in in killing people in in basically either putting themselves in danger too much or yeah even crossing the line into becoming what he's become I think he knows he's a monster. The Punisher knows that he's like 
a monstrous person mm. that is doing what needs to be done, yeah. but doing it so someone else doesn't have to necessarily. Right. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise, he would like kill Daredevil for getting in his way. Do you know what I mean? But he doesn't do that. Yeah, he true. just stops him because he doesn't. Yeah, because he doesn't kill bad people. He, oh, he only kill kills. People. He only kills bad people. Which so is true because in the beginning he was going to shoot that war veteran. But anyway, he did shoot him in the head too at the first episode. Anyway, <laughs> at some point he decided that he wasn't a bad person. So I won't right. do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. The was there anything else about the two storylines? I'm. Oh, I did want to mention. Karen is sort of the third of these reflections on Matt in this season. She's like the pun- but the pre-Punisher, pre-Electra type, where she's apparently has this ability, like she's killed two people, it turns out. Apparently, yeah. Um, she had mentioned when she killed Wesley last season that- She's already killed before. She's yeah. already killed before. There's a few times where there's these, she like asking about her brother and stuff like that. Mm. She's really like- cagey about talking about it yeah. and we find out that so what just to be 100% correct here uh, she killed her brother in a car accident is that correct? well I don't know it, we, she it was just, very vague she right? just opened the the file that was on Ben Urich's desk yeah. and it was a newspaper clipping of a car accident that killed her brother right. so I don't know if either she killed him in the car accident yeah. or um, her brother was killed by either a drunk driver or something like that, and then who knows what she might have yeah, done. Right. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's vague at this point. Yeah, totally. But there's something dark mm. past to her where she's yeah. not a stranger to people. I mean, she people. certainly um, sees well, the justification in people. I was going to say, that would make more sense if vengeance. the idea that she took vengeance would make yeah. my, I don't know. I was moving at the time. I'm like watching this show <laughs> and packing boxes at the same time. So you're right. The connection there is that she's probably done something to revenge her brother mm. or fe- maybe f- at the very least wanted to or yeah. play- toyed with the idea because she's seems to be a, very sympathetic of the Punisher and what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you... How do you think about that with Karen? Did that Karen make Karen more interesting? We we really struggled with her last season. I'm really... <laughs> I'm really looking forward to our... What are the quickfire comments? Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be a lot of mentioning Karen in those, oh, good. I think. Good, good, good. Um, can you f- can you focus the question a little okay. bit more for me? So last we sort of talked about last season that Karen was just too perfect. She was even when she cried, she was sort of beautiful still, and mm. just I mean, she still does that. She still does that. But the one thing that got us excited was when she killed Wesley, mm. and I was like, oh, potential for storyline. And to some degree, they have she's she's not going around killing people in this season, but she is exploring what it means to kill people. She's exploring her own feelings on that as a way of Yeah. Did you did I that mean, do anything to to develop her character and mm, make her interesting enough that you actually I think as soon as they remove her from Matt, she gets exponentially more interesting uh, and more believable. Her whole thing of being a, a quivering mess around him and just being so mesmerized by him is not interesting. Yeah, I, I don't like it. So when that is removed, that that romance ugh, is removed. Seriously, I want to bath every time they're in, in a scene together. That scene in the rain, man. Oh, oh I've got some notes about that. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. She becomes more interesting at that point. Sure. Okay. So. Uh, so. And that is theoretically though when she. Like, that's when she starts spending time around Frank Castle because they've become their... Mm-hmm. He's become their... Impl- no, uh, you know, 
person that they're helping. Uh, he's so their client, client or whatever. Client, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I do like the dynamic of Frank and Karen. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly like it way more than her and Matt. Yeah. Um, or her and Foggy. Yeah. And her, yeah, her wanting to figure out things, being quite effective at that. Oh, an issue I had last season and at the beginnings of this season was quite often, you know, Karen clearly has a penchant for investigating. However, so... Yeah, so, yeah. The comment being, you are eerily good at this. Yeah. <laughs> she just happens to have a natural knack but, for this, but the, apparently. The, what has always really bothered me about that is so often we don't actually see her investigate. It's just her coming to the conclusion. And I'm, I'm making like, clenched fist-like <laughs> frustration because it, it irks me so much. It, she's also a dumbass. Like, as much as it might be like, yeah, you'll get information if you go and hang out at a fucking serial killer's house. Why the fuck are you going to a serial killer's house, you <laughs> Don't idiot? even get me started on why Frank's house is still just being left like that. Yeah. How is that happening? Who is paying that mortgage? Uh, like, what? Like, why is it still like that? It doesn't make mm. any sense to me. How long has he been in a coma? Yeah. Like, what? Like, the timeline is really iffy on that. I'm not, I'm not sure that holds water at all. Just, I just couldn't believe she was there. I'm like, what the... What, what who you're a fucking that that's the thing that annoys me is that they are lawyers she is a lawyer's mm-hmm. assistant there is nothing at any stage in these guidelines that says you should be going and doing this shit what is motivating you to do this yeah i don't know and also it has confused me because she's obviously a witness in um yeah. the shooting of like in at the hospital she was yes. there how on earth one is she allowed in the hospital room with frank and two how is she allowed to be like Part of the, the whatever the people looking after. Frank's How case. were they ever allowed to be his lawyers when it's there's absurd. obviously a conflict of interest there? Yeah. It is bull. This, is sometimes this show I've just written. It's written by children. Yeah, it's yeah. Written by children. Like what is this? It it. It's plot and its choices and how it can be extremely derivative, as I used as mm. one of my five things. It's yeah, it's yeah, it's logic is not necessarily what's going for here. It's got big ideas and no real finesse in getting there at all. Yeah. And even its big ideas aren't that big. Well, that yeah, that's the thing. I'm not even sure it's if got they have big ideas. ideas. <laughs> it's got other ideas that's stolen from other shows and it's getting there with no <laughs> finesse. That's what's happening here. Yeah. Uh, well, let's let's come we'll come back to uh Karen in a bit. Okay. We were talking about our sort of like sub-villains in um in Electra and the Punisher. Mm. They at different times, end up being antagonists with Matt, but they're only fleetingly. Realistically, they are other. Yeah, they they sort of are side characters. Yeah. The actual big bad this season is the Hand, Ooh. which don't really get introduced properly until like the middle of the season. For the first half, it's just a bunch of Punisher stuff, and then Electric gets introduced, and it's very vague about what's like going on. Eight or something. Yeah, and then finally mm. we find out it's the hand. By the way, we we're talking about Ninja Turtles last time. You know that parallel? The foot? They're called the foot. Yeah, yeah. great. Just wanted to make sure that was <laughs> fucking love that whole thing. Um, so the hand, who turns out the yakuza the whole time with a hand. Mm. So no- Nobu from season one. Yeah. Who. Was burnt alive, apparently seemingly. Burnt alive, but Appar- he's been resurrected. Apparently, is alive mm-hmm. uh, with burn scars, um, and is looking. Yeah, thank God they brought back that really big character. Well, he had, I guess, a memorable 
again, quote unquote, fight scene. I thought that one was get when the show was starting to get silly with his action, honestly. Mm. That Nobu one stood out to me as being really naff. Um, anyway, that character comes back. He's the leader of the hand, it seems. He's immortal. They're doing some vague mystical plan in New York and they want the black sky, <laughs> which is a weapon <laughs> that does... Who that, knows? that is turns out to be Electra. Yeah, I think yes. And yeah, and she's going to be their leader, and I, yeah. somehow that will make them all powerful. I'm not sure how that works, but there you go. It is extremely vague. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what any of that is. And then no. we had that black hand, that kid that was in the shipping container in season yeah. one. That and they were saying how rare killed. it is to find a black sky or whatever. Yeah. In reference to that kid. Mm. And then you've got the chaste, which is like Stick tells this story about back in, you know, yay oldy fuel Japan times, mm-hmm. I guess. they This kid stepped up to a bunch of thugs and killed them with a knife. They end up getting the village or a bunch of other warriors, men, women and children to fight against them and... Since then, that's what they've been fighting as the hand, basically, for centuries. Yeah. It's something and about s- some dude finding immortality or something. So, I think the, I think if I remember the story correctly, <laughs> Stick was talking about, like, the just like nowadays, it was like there were a bunch of, like, gangs and stuff in feudal Japan. And then somewhere along the line, they came across real treasure. And that treasure was the secret to immortality. And since they were immortal, they, without fear, they were able to just take over the land. Yeah. Until eventually this, after his village was taken out, this one kid with a knife kills a bunch of them and then builds an army around him of other warriors to... Fight the hand, fight those guys. Think essentially the idea is the chaste and the hand have been at war for this war that Stick has been vaguely mentioning for a while now, mm. have been at war for centuries. Um, so you've got these elements of like chosen ones now. Oh, mm. please, no. <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, one born in every generation, you know that. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> the- I mean. Is that what this show needed? Does the, did this show need fucking chosen ones? Oh, definitely. Yeah. This gritty, violent, street-level crime show? Yeah, it's from a different show. I don't... I, I read a comment um, the the other day when I was researching for the podcast and someone was saying, you know, Jessica Jones, the show worked quite well because um, it's a modern era comic book and there's less... You know, they're not dealing with 40 years of story. Yeah. Whereas I think what's happened with Daredevil is, you know, they've got 40 years of source material and for whatever reason have decided to pump that into two seasons. And it's too much. It feels dated. It's been done and it doesn't work. But, you know, particularly in reference to the hand and that kind of that stuff. I think those things could work to a degree. They just don't need the mystical side of things in it. I don't mm. understand why that has to be a part of it. Why not have... I, well, I don't know how to go with it specifically, but the idea of Electra and maybe the hand can be a bit more like... What was the group's name in Batman Begins? Because Daredevil is so, like, completely obsessed with Batman Begins. But um, Ra's al Ghul's character, they're mm. all about, like, to save the Earth, you actually have to wipe out, like the criminals of the world, the mm. infestation. And so Hell's Kitchen is full of all these people. So in an effort to take out all of the criminals that infest New York City, they have to take out probably some civilians as well. Mm-hmm. Like the idea of like you have to break a few eggs to make an omelette. 
And then you've got yeah, this no, conflict Yeah, no, I like of, that because then you have Daredevil and the Punisher. And while the Punisher kills, he he's only, not going to let, you know, these pe- these ninjas or whatever kill a bunch of civilians. And so they team up and fight the hand. And then you've got Elektra who's fighting on this idea like, I can make a real difference here. And she is okay with killing even mm. children, it seems like. Yeah. She slits the throat of that one. She was a ninja, but he was a kid and Matt was very upset by that whole thing and her choosing which side of that war she's going to be mm. on. There doesn't need to be any sort of fucking mysticism here. No. Just be an ideological difference. They can yeah. still be ninjas. We can still have all that fight scene stuff. Yeah, and we true. don't need any of these zombie people, whatever the fuck was going on there, <laughs> and giant hole. I Maybe I missed it because I was packing as I was, I was doing this. What was the giant hole about? Um... I don't remember. They went to the giant hole. There was a giant hole. They um, found stick. They left. And I don't remember what the giant hole was anymore. I remember. And I might be just bad at watching television. But I remember at one point Foggy talked about like his like grandpa or something and bootlegging in tunnels and that meant something. But no, I that's don't... where they were hiding. That's how they he knew where to find uh, something that they don't look in the subways or some ways subways get patrolled by people all the time. Look in the old railway underground or old railway systems. Yeah, I don't because know. that's what bootleggers love. I'm not sure what the giant hole was. Anyway. Were they digging for that sarcophagus? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I can't remember. Uh, but the point, that's the <laughs> point is, we were checked the, out, but the yeah. point is, it was vague and like mm. just vaguely mystical, and wasn't actually adding up to anything philosophically. It was just meant to be cool from a mystical set standpoint, I guess. And it, it was so derivative. Again, mm. I keep coming back to that word, and just not anything. Yeah, no, agreed. I did not like that, that aspect of this season at all. Yeah, the big bad really sucked this season. And you know what worries me? Mm. is that I think they're setting all that up because I'm pretty sure Iron Fist has something to do with well, that kind of the, stuff. the Iron Fist, see that. And Madame Gao and it, that stuff. If they want to have that stuff in the Iron Fist, go right ahead. But I think it's going to be Fist in the is, Defenders, though, is the, what I'm getting at. Well, there's a, we've got a lot of potential things for the Defenders. Yeah. We could get Fisk back because we did have Fisk for a couple of episodes this we season. We did, yeah. And that was good. Oh, you like that? I did. I didn't like the stuff in the, the prison stuff, especially after watching so much Iron New Black, is so simplified. Yeah, it's, it's like, once again it's feels silly, by over yeah. the top. And like, it happens like that, like in an instant. Yeah. Like, oh, no, you need more time for that stuff, yeah, guys. Come on. It didn't build to that well, but I enjoyed having Fisk back in it more than I thought I would. It was nice to yeah. have a presence that, that, Left an impression. Mm. I I don't understand why, if Kingpin Fisk has taken over the prison and seemingly you know taken over the guards, it looks like why he doesn't just get them to kill Dutton. Or no, because at that point he didn't hadn't taken he had taken over a couple right, but like Dutton is protected. The Punisher. But then when, like, the Punisher has finished, like, killing Dutton and is wants to leave, there's, like, all those guards there that, like, stare at him and walk away. Maybe maybe the suggestion is here if he'd thrown any of the guards under the bus or other people that were already under his employ under the bus because they were going to get killed by Dutton's, like, minions, essentially, mm. that that's not going to be... That's not a good rep you have. The Punisher right. is already hated by a bunch of people for killing other criminals and he's just arrived as a newbie. He's worth sort of, like... You can... You can Get rid of but him, no, put him at risk. The person who killed Dutton was only then in danger because the guards released Dutton's men. 
Um, not long term necessarily though. The my my bigger question is mm. okay. You're probably right. This show is full of logical loopholes. If the Punisher can just walk out by wearing a fucking guard's outfit, yeah. why can't they get Fisk out? Well, no, that's the thing is that he wants to be let out legitimately so he can just continue living his life with Vanessa. Sure, okay, fair enough. Oh, this was going to come up my quick fire comments, mm. but that whole uh, bit that Matt has with Fisk where he's like, I will use every loophole to make sure Vanessa can never come back to New York City. I'm like, that's a fucking terrible threat, mate. <laughs> Also, you really don't have that power. You, I don't have that Fisk power. Fisk can buy judges. What makes you think That's it. This? It's You know how corrupt this system is. Yeah. You know how much work it was to get him mm. arrested. Can you, I say, though, at that stage in the show, I loved watching Matt get his ass kicked. Oh, you enjoyed yeah, that? I was like, fuck you, Matt. He's such a piece of shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I did. I hate Matt. Explore that for me for a second. He's an asshole. He's a total asshole this season. To who? To everybody? To Foggy, to Karen, to Claire, to Electra. He's always fucking lecturing her. I mean, he's always lecturing everyone and he's always wrong. I'm just like, shut up, you self-righteous asshole. Yeah, I've got no time for Matt this season. Yeah, he's pretty insufferable. He's a really charming douchebag a lot of the time. Um, So, yeah, so we did have the hand and we had a little bit of Fisk. Mm. The little bit of Fisk I enjoyed just because it was much... It was... I don't know. He was just at least more interesting to to have on screen. As much as his voice can annoy me sometimes, it grew on me a little bit more this season, actually. It didn't bother me so much. Right. Um, but boy, he was actually somebody to latch onto because all we had with the hand was Nobu and he... That's... Yeah, no, we don't know nothing. him. <laughs> He's just a guy with burn scars that's, yeah. that is there occasionally and sometimes not. Mm. Apparently, he's immortal. It doesn't amount to anything thematically. Oh, let's move away from that for a second. Or, or um, was there anything actually else? Oh, that's why. Sorry, I wanted to say that was the thing that was interesting about this season. We we did praise in season one that at least, unlike the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where so often the villains can be two dimensional, we actually got to spend some time with the villains. They mm. completely fucked that this season. Yeah, abandoned it. Abandoned that mm-hmm. and just did exactly the problem the MCU's had for so long. Yeah, you make the problem too big that it's no longer in the realm of personal. And so your engagement with it on the part of like, oh, I care about these characters, I care about you know, their struggles, it, it just doesn't work because it's 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 so far removed. Particularly with a hero like Daredevil whose power is so limited. It's not like for a lot particularly with the hand is like, what can he do? He's just one dude who can take a punch. Like he, I, I I never truly believe that as much as he's like, this is my city, that he can ever really make any kind of change. It's not like in, you know, civil war or where or Captain America where he's been given these powers and it's that huge amount of responsibility because he's incredibly powerful and he's the only one that can. I never feel like Daredevil is the only one that can. Well, we know for a fact he's not. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. We know if it ever got really out of control, you could bring in a Doctor Strange to deal with this or or For like those ground level heroes, I, I really need the story to be personal. Well, I think the thing you could argue, though, is that like the MCU, when they choose to have or put less focus on the villains, 
they're also choosing to put a lot of focus on the protagonists and make it their story rather than a story about the villains. And so you've kind of got that happening here because the two other the characters that are introduced are the Punisher and Elektra, which are meant to be like variations or extreme influences directly on Matt. And How, so that's what they're yeah. choosing to do, I think. How effective do you think that is this season? Like, my biggest thing is I, I feel really like Matt feel like got lost as the protagonist this season. That, well, that he he gets out overshadowed by what they're doing. The mm. Punisher storyline is more interesting. Electra storyline on their own, just their personal journeys are more interesting than Matt's are because I don't think Matt had a heap of a personal journey. No, he had a lot of people talking to him about like the pros and cons of his version of this, but he didn't spend a whole lot of time actually going, well, maybe I should be killing people or mm. what if I did this or what if I did that? It never he really just, feels like he wavers. He is, so, in fact, the only thing that you can see there, he's so fucking, so um, stubborn in his beliefs and what he does mm. that he seems to just keep pushing people away from him. Now, that might be a, con- a real consequence, but... Like, well, I think I want to talk about the family next. The family drama has to get lost behind the, like, his relationship with Foggy and Karen has to come second fiddle to... Yeah, it falls by the wayside. ...to this mystical shit and yeah. and Frank's much more compelling storyline, frankly. Mm. Frankly. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Um, so, that was the problem. It didn't have a big enough effect on that, I didn't feel. Uh, let's just, let's go there, actually. Let's talk about the family Mm-hmm. Our three heroes who we start this season, Matt, Foggy, Karen, they're loving, living life. They've got a successful-ish uh, law firm going. They're getting pies and food from their mm, clients. Yeah. They're not making a butt, but, but, but their, their uh, office is furnished now. So, that's good. They yeah. made enough money they to actually get some fans, furniture. Lots so. of Yeah. Oh, did you notice that this season takes place over six months? I did. Yeah. It starts summer, at summer ends and ends in, in winter. Win- ends in Christmas. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting. Actually, it didn't feel like six months. It felt like about two weeks. Yeah. But sure, whatever. <laughs> um, so, we saw seasons in the first episode and the last episode. Yeah, pretty much. But it was otherwise, really there's summer. no way of they being did mention it being cold a lot in the last couple episodes and then it was christmas mm. <laughs> um yeah and so they're doing all right they seem to be doing okay and then the punisher stuff happens mm-hmm. um they get involved with trying to how they how i can't even remember how they get involved with what was his name the irish guy started it started with g oh, grotto yeah um uh, because oh, he came to them, didn't he? Did. He did. He was at the bar looking, giving them That's right. Eye. That's yeah. right, yeah. And so, yeah, he was looking for help, basically, mm-hmm. and they get sucked into that. Um, and then they end up getting sucked into Frank Castle's storyline as well. And this is where the tension between... Well, there's a few things that are putting tension between Matt and Foggy. Well, not... Did you think there was... Any, was there any tension about the fact that Matt and Karen were getting together with Foggy? A tiny little bit? There was like a small scene, but even then I wasn't sure about the motivation of that. Because I read it as Foggy is just worried about the professionalism side of it. I didn't feel like he was like, oh, I wanted her. So, I'm not, I'm not really sure what they were doing with that. But it was only a scene and it wasn't really a thing. Yep. Um, but the real meat and potatoes of this comes when... You've got a couple of things happening here. One, Karen and Matt start dating. Ugh. And they <laughs> have, in the middle of this Frank Castle stuff, they sort of realise they've got different ideologies on what is the right way to handle crime, basically. Right mm. way to, to 
deal with criminals. Um, Karen's much more sympathetic of the uh, Punisher way and mm-hmm. Matt is obviously the Daredevil way. And that sort of seems to be a split for them. Then you have... I hate that argument that Matt and Karen have. You hate it? I hate it. It's just, it, again, it's it's the world ch- world word childish that you've used or mm. written by children it's just there's no there's no adult conversation yeah. happening here i've just got like i've written this note about that conversation because mm-hmm. karen is just simply empathizing with where the punisher is coming from and matt's just shutting her down and so i just wrote when matt gets angry at karen for having an opinion about the punisher by admitting that he's getting things done um matt you're a vigilante you can't take the moral high ground about people following the law at least karen is actually doing what matt is claiming to do she's using the systems in place and working her ass off to get justice matt is straight up breaking the law has no respect for it but he just isn't killing people like as much as because Karen's like investigating things, trying to find a way around this corrupt system, but but still within it, still following the law. And Matt just isn't. He's just like not killing people, but he's still like beating people up. If he was a cop doing that, he'd be a fucking corrupt cop. Yeah. He'd be a corrupt part of the system. It's, it's an ongoing problem with the whole premise of mm. Daredevil is that while he's like you you mentioned last time justice is blind oh my god a blind superhero right and the and like it's a big part of it that he's a lawyer and he wants to do things by the book but he absolutely does not if he wanted to yeah. do things by the book he would become a cop become a detective and start doing things that way yeah. but he doesn't he becomes a vigilante and beats up on people he just has the moral code that comes from his Catholic guilt, basically, mm. or his Catholic background to not kill people. That's got nothing to do with the fucking law. That's got to do with your ideology, yeah. your religious ideology. And so the whole lawyer thing just seems completely superfluous, which is interesting because by the end of this season, he's kind of given... It seems like the lawyer thing is a side note for yeah, Matt now. Yeah, it doesn't attached to that at all. Yeah. Which is this bit in the middle, so where Foggy and... Uh, Matt start to really separate is mm. when Matt's getting so involved with the Electra stuff and he's going to do it the Daredevil way that he just abandons basically his role in the Frank Castle case. Foggy is doing all the heavy lifting, gets frustrated with his friend yeah. and then they end up basically just parting ways. Mm. Um, they, were, they were the moments where I was like, oh, I actually like Foggy. Well, <laughs> when, he, when he gets angry and he's like, you're being a shitty friend. I will count on you for nothing. Totally reasonable yeah. about what Matt, so because there's all these like super lawyer bits with Foggy that I'm just like, oh, they don't work, don't work, mm. don't work, and mainly because for him to be the super lawyer, the other lawyer he's trying to like, uh, like lawyer better than mm. is making really dumb mistakes. <laughs> like when um, Reyes is trying to like just like flex her muscles, I'm like, you're really, she's just shit at this, Foggy. Yeah. Like you're not, you're not doing lawyer ninja moves you're just <laughs> stating the obvious fact that they can't do that yeah like okay i'm glad your college education you it's paid attention off, yeah. yeah paid off congrats yeah um he's never and but every time he does something like that either karen or claire is there to go oh, oh that, fuck, was that was impressive that was impressive as shit <laughs> um and the uh, i didn't mind his bits during the trial i think I don't think I mind the idea of there being trials in Daredevil. I don't mind the there being trials. I wish they made sense. Yeah, that's the I thing. I wish they... 
like I am not a lawyer, but I know what's going on in because we've all watched TV before. Yeah. That what's going on on this TV show is nonsensical. <laughs> it's like that's not what happens, and not even it's not even close to what happens. Sure, you can be dramatic and all that stuff, but it's not even close. There's that point where Matt is talking. I think is it the medical examiner or no? It might be Frank or something. Anyway, he's. If it's Matt talking, it has to be Frank because Matt did only talk to. Did that last Yeah, bit, right. Frank. So, hold on, I'll just get the note for that because it's... Well, while you look for that, I was going to say there's the bit where uh, Foggy is talking to the medical examiner. No, talking to Frank's um, Frank's like superior officer who ends up being the blacksmith at the end. What a fucking twist that was. Um, and Reyes gets up and has one question. It's like, you tell this great story, but yeah. how do I know it's how true? How did you know? It's like, well, I was there. I'm like... Well, wait, Reyes, you didn't realize the way he was talking <laughs> that he was obviously there. That officer that was wrong was obviously him. Yeah. And she's like, no further questions and sits down. I was like, you're a shit. How are you DA? Mm. You are terrible also, at this. Yeah. If you, you know, you can always say, well, if you were there, perhaps, you know, after going through such a harrowing experience, you've lost your arm, you're injured. How can you be sure that your recollection is accurate? Just simple things Do like that. Do anything except don't just go, <laughs> oh, oh you I'm got defeated. me. You got me. And sit down. <laughs> Touche, sir. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so my note is like, he must be just talking to Frank or whatever. Yeah. And. He, I think he said, I'll, I'll act as though the, uh, the person on stand is hostile. Yes. And so that means he can change his tone. But then he just goes on this five-minute speech that is directed at the jury. Yeah. And then he <laughs> stops and goes, no further questions. And I just wrote, you didn't fucking ask a question. You just said a little speech. That's like, you can't do Wait, that. No, you can't do that. That is called closing arguments. Yeah, I'm like, you can't closing have another statement. opening, like another opening statement. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, and it also made me laugh when um when the trial is just about to start and Matt's not there and Foggy's like, oh, I don't have an opening statement. Oh my god, what's going to happen? Um, and the judge is like, oh, I've, I've, yeah. So the judge is like, are you reserving the right to make your opening statements at a later time? And I was like, and and Foggy's like, screw it, and stands up. I'm like, yeah, no, dude, dude, you have the say, option not to do it now when you can go home and like write one later. Yeah, why don't you come back That's feeling bad. prepared? That's yeah. super unprofessional. But, but because Foggy is a super lawyer, oh, he, he was fine. Nailed it. Just fucking out yeah. of C's pants because he's the most <laughs> impressive lawyer that ever lived. And he will somehow get asked to be after- A partner. A partner with, Ho- is it Hogarth? Is that a name? Yeah, Hogarth. When From she, Jessica Jones. That was, was cool cameo. Yeah, when I was like, oh, awesome, he's getting a job. But then she's like, oh, do you want- to be a partner, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm for one. Marcy's gonna be pissed. She's been working <laughs> her ass off. Um, but that made no sense. But yeah, it, but something so ridiculous. So it's the childishness, right? It's like, and he gets <laughs> said he can he can have the bit his and name on the business too. This. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was something similar. Um, was when Karen is working at the Bulletin. Oh, fuck, and she gets yeah. Ben's office, a corner office. If I was in a cubicle <laughs> out in the main room, of I'd be like, who the fuck is this bitch? She doesn't even have a degree. She just she knows Ben, and for some reason. Reason is writing the feature article in the Sunday paper, gets a corner office, and that, oh, that article. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Oh, my God. That article <laughs> is. So funny. Oh. That's really funny. Oh. It's, it's so bad. It's horrendous. Mm. So I made a really funny comment where it was just like, because <laughs> um, you know how you see that. 
title that Karen's given it and it says like by Karen Page and someone just had like a version of that where it says like <laughs> what it means to be a hero by Karen Page age seven <laughs> <laughs> it's totally it's totally in that that's funny that ch- this childishness thing I didn't like it's written by a kid yeah did not occur to me but it actually is through so mm. much so yeah. much of this show yeah just really, really oversimplified juveniles. where yeah. foggy is the best lawyer that's ever been and all other lawyers suck and karen who's never done anything ever except work in an office and be a receptionist is the best fucking journal investigative journalist that ever was <laughs> and matt murdoch is can't ever die because he's the hero and <laughs> end of story what do you think teacher like <laughs> that it it's yeah. so so simplistic mm. and Electra is she's the black sky and they, they have found her and now she's gonna be their leader and they're <laughs> gonna be all powerful and they're gonna kill daredevil but then daredevil's gonna make her turn around and be like no i'm not gonna kill guys that that's my story teacher <laughs> like that's that's what's happening and it's very strange wow yeah <laughs> oh that is mm. um that ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I've got a point on this, actually. This does fit into something I was going to say later, but let's just, maybe we just need to figure out, just finish the family stuff. Yeah. You did like the fact that they split the family up, though. Like, like once mm. that it wasn't the three of them being the best pals they ever yeah. did live. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> yeah. And they're able to do their own stuff, except Foggy gets the shit end of the deal. He just like basically has nothing to do, gets mm-hmm. shot, uh, and then ends up getting offered a job as a Maybe lawyer. He'll end up in Jessica Jones and that'll be a better fit for him. I don't know. But he, he doesn't work in the three the three did, doesn't work. You're right that he did work when he was pulling him up on his shit though. Yeah, but that's like what, that's what you need. Yeah. Cause you saw that he's like, you know, Matt, I like I have expectations for you because you told me that you would reach those expectations. Mm. When you don't do that, like that has hurt me. That has injured me as your friend. That this has is my effect- business partner. Yeah, business partner. And like, the, the, like this has affected me. This has genuinely affected me. Like that, that worked for me absolutely. It wasn't him being the the most charming man in the room. Or yeah, it, yeah, exactly that right. Work. Yeah, it's yeah. the it's the real human connection that I want. And in those moments, I got it from him. So yeah. that was that work. So do you think? So in that case, can we maybe safely say maybe it's not the actor's problem? It's that he just they keep trying to write him as the most charming man maybe, in the world. Maybe yeah. And maybe what well, maybe is still an acting. Problem. I mean, the maybe dialogue is always. Dialogue is a big issue. And And maybe you need to be a particularly skilled actor to be able to pull it off. 
Well, I think a good example of that might be Claire, who I think Rosario Dawson. Mm. If I think if you actually look at some of her lines on the written page, they aren't great. Yeah. But Rosario Dawson is able to do them with just enough cynicism or enough mm-hmm. charm, or just enough. She just feels a bit more like a real person. She's grounded. She gra- grounded yeah. is the right word, and she gives a more grounded performance. Mm-hmm. She's not trying to be. I'm super amazingly suave, even yeah. though I'm the dorkiest dork there ever mm. was. Oh, but no, that's what makes coy. me cool. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, she is just um, she killed. She is able to turn that dialogue into something good. Yeah, let's move it. Pardon me. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Um, the action in this season, though, if I'm going to praise one thing, mm. I did think the action took a massive step up mm-hmm. in my mind. There, I'm. Um, we talked about that probably the highlight action-wise of season one, though that got overshadowed by some things in recent television, other series of recent television, was the hallway scene in season one. Mm. Um, and that was pretty cool. One long take, you know. I don't see that sort of stuff a lot on television. But the rest of the season had some really dorky, Buffy-esque, crappy fights. Mm. This season had, I thought the action was a lot more dynamic, both in choreography and in the way it was shot, was mm-hmm. way better. Yeah. Like it was actually planned. I don't know who came in and changed that, who the cinematographer was and who the choreographer was. It might have been the same people, might have been new people, but they had a much better grasp on it this time around. The action was also a little bit more diversified. So you had just straight up brawl stuff, which was any time that Daredevil was just fighting a thug. Mm. You had some more martial arts stuff with the ninjas, which... I find a bit dorky. It's always going to look a little dated, I think. I think Fight, that... Like ninjas fighting. Yeah, ninja fighting is a bit weird It's to always going to feel 70s and 80s to me. Yeah, and it just, again, it because it's... Like, the excuse can be mystical, but it's so floaty and, like, like dance-like that once... When you've had this raw, like, you know, real boxing match like, type stuff. The Punisher beating the shit out of people in prison and using any implement he can find. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. I love that scene. And then you have a couple of ninjas like doing some fly kicks at each other. Yeah. It just doesn't feel as real. Yeah, it feels like Power Rangers has got yeah. thrown into your R-rated brawler and it just sort yeah. of like Yeah, it really doesn't gel so well. But it was some of it was okay. And then the other side of that was because of Frank, you actually had some like firearm type mm. action scenes as well, which we didn't really get last season because no. Daredevil was not using guns. And so that was cool too. It was just another way to make the action. It wasn't always the same type of fight scene from from episode to episode. Mm. So that was good. Yeah, I it helps quite like, like that. when you like diversify the fighting styles of each character and you can yeah. get the opportunity to do that, which yeah. is great. So I appreciate that a lot. And also I think it's worth mentioning specifically, holy fucking shit, the episode three the stairwell. stairwell fight scene mm. is a million times better than the hallway scene. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> And actually I will hold that up and say that is not maybe not the Battle of the Bastards cool, but similarly it's at, like that is closer to cinematic than the hallway scene mm. was even. Just really, really strong. Not all one take, obviously. There are cuts in there and some hidden cuts and stuff like that. But um, great concept. And the mm-hmm. idea that, like, just as you get to the bottom of the stairs, then the Punisher arrives in the elevator. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> it was very, very cool. Yeah. Really, really cool. I, um, like, tip my hat. That was... That was really worth watching. No. (laughs) I wear caps. Thank you. 
Uh, I really like that. But you had a note here you want to talk about violence as empowerment. Mm-hmm. Discuss that one for me. Yeah, so violence as empowerment. While Frank, he's clearly on a mission and uh, on a righteous mission, um, I, I kind of, when talking about violence as empowerment, I, I almost think of Karen and the arguments that Karen brings to who the Punisher is and what he represents. Um, because, and it, yeah, it also comes back to that argument she has with Matt, which is like, well, it, it, it gets things done. It's it, it, for people when the justice system fails us, what are we to do? Are we to just roll over or are we to rely on people like Daredevil and the Punisher? And I almost wish that they had gone into that a little bit more with Karen and the Punisher because while, <clears throat> excuse me, the Punisher, like you said earlier, kind of understands that he is a monster and that he just he just does it. He just needs to get it done, so he does it. I would almost like to see the other side of, yes, violence can be empowering, but it also has a can take a huge toll on people on I would maybe like to see a bit more conflict of like the Punisher really he doesn't he doesn't like it he doesn't want to do it but it's just like it's 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 what he has to do it's just like it is what it is and like and he can and can kind of play both sides of that it's like in the moment I want to do it and I love the violence but also like what does that do to a human so you feel like he was missing an element of like regret or tortured soulness to him? Did he or, need? Or, mm, I don't know if tortured soul. What, what just, should the toll be then that he was missing? Just like I don't know, if tortured because that feels so cliche to mm-hmm. me. Um, I guess just I I I mean we briefly get it when he's like oh once you go there you can't go back but I I don't really want that I want um oh, maybe torture's I can't think of another term I know. to rightly dis- maybe this is what you're talking about but I'm- it's it's like he's already someone who is struggling his big thing is that whatever it was that he would ever fight for is already mm. gone he talks a lot about that longing for the way that his wife used to drive him crazy, but like how now that she's never there, mm. he misses even that feeling that, you know, um, the way that he would make him feel bad, he can't even get that anymore and that's agonizing to him. Mm. And so he's lost a lot of his humanity and a lot yeah, to him. And, he, but he, and he's dealing with that. I think if, of all of them, the Punisher is the one who's got that the most. Mm. Matt sort of goes through different stages of that because he gets the shit beat out of him a lot and he feels like he's fighting an uphill battle. Mm. Um, but the problem is, and what the show missed the opportunity to do, was really have him question his methodology. Mm. He doesn't really ever think about, what if I was the Punisher? Would that be about such a bad thing? Maybe I can do what he's doing and do it better. Or like mm. he never... That's the bit that's missing. Um, he is not... Real, he he. You can see the effects of the way of his action on him, but not, but only in the physical sense when he gets beat up and Claire needs to patch him up. Never in the like mm. long term, 
well, what am I doing? Am I doing this right? He's so convinced that he's doing the right thing. Yeah. That what it does do is pushes other people away from him, but he doesn't yeah. seem to care until the end of the season about that. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't even mind if Karen, who has killed at least one person before, in seeing the Punisher is like, well, maybe the toll is worth it. Maybe doing that, you... Yeah, maybe you don't... Yeah, yeah, maybe it is just worth it to be – like maybe you can give that side of yourself up and it's okay. It's to do the greater good. Yeah, I just I just feel like there's, there's the connection there with Frank and I just wanted more of her to explore yeah, her like, own stuff. Like, like Matt, it's like touched upon but never really explored with her. Mm. It's more, more – much more time Who is knows, spent on her. Who maybe it's coming. Maybe, but so much more time was just spent on her being apparently an amazing super sleuth, like an amazing Mm, private investigator, essentially, or investigative reporter. Mm. Then actually you have the Punisher right fucking there. You know what parallels you have here. You've deliberately paired these guys up. Mm. So why aren't we spending more time with Karen going down this dark path? Why? Yeah, I, I find it, I think I find it less interesting just to have her being like, Maybe he's good. He is good at heart. Yeah, it's the wrong way around, yeah. right? It's like, oh, I can sympathize with this person. Person. What about? Well, maybe there's. Maybe I'm not so bad. Maybe there's something about me that's actually there's a good side mm. to this thing that I've been beating yeah. myself up over. She doesn't get to that stage, yeah. and that's a shame. <clears throat> it's so, almost like hinting at like the Electra thing, which also could have done this. In which I have tried to hide this side of like, oh, you know. When she's with Matt, she's like, oh, maybe like killing is bad. Mm. But then she's like, well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually not that bad and maybe it's doing the ultimate right thing by by almost sacrificing your soul, by having to sacrifice yourself in a way. Well, what is Electra's storyline at the end of the day? She comes in, she's trying to get Matt's help uh, in some way. She's been got stick is using her to fight the hand as well. Mm. She keeps wanting to kill people because she really gets a fucking kick out of it. Yeah. Um, Mad is trying to save her soul by trying to get her to not do I that. By trying to not get her to do that. <laughs> Jules in the studio. Sorry. She has a choice <laughs> at the end to either join the hand or not and dies. I Maybe I'm missing some beats. I don't know. But I don't really feel like I got a whole heap of time of Electra really struggling with her choices that much. No. She's in love with Matt and she wants to be with Matt and that is more than anything the reason that she chooses the choice she does. It's literally in like that last episode. Yeah. That, that like last they have scene where that they're in scene. that thing where we go, let's go to London. Yeah. They're in love. And like they've got chemistry so there's a, at least a little bit of that there to back that up but it's not necessarily – ultimately it's just that well, there's been the whole thing about whether you should have connections or not, right? Like, that's the whole thing that mm. sticks, like, about get rid of your connections, they're a weakness sort of thing. Um, they'll just make you, you know, it's all become about revenge rather than the actual war. Yeah. But ultimately, it's her connection to Matt, theoretically, that saves her from choosing a very dark path. However, that 
is only part of what makes her... Ele- Electra is not defined just by her love for Matt Murdock. And that's the bit that's frustrating about that choice is it's not exploring more of her mm. dark the, tendencies. The whole thing where it's just like, oh, you're doing it because you want to be loved. Like, that's why you would go to the hand because you want to be worshipped and you want to be appreciated and you want to be loved. It's like... Really? Is that is that like the best, most is that, complex way to tell this woman's story? I was gonna say, is that also it's the like, best way to actually appeal to Electra? If Electra is being told by the love of her life that you can't be killing people, but she's really into killing people, <laughs> and you're being told you can be the greatest warlord there is and yeah. lead an army, maybe that's what you should be appealing to. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of just, again, it's childish. They just miss the, I feel like there's some... It stays surface level. It, mm. it it touches on some ideas, but never really yeah. dives into it. It's a yeah, it kind of it's the same thing where like it touches on this idea of Matt's addiction to being a vigilante, in which you know he's he's throwing away his friends, his career. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, and he's involving himself in a very unhealthy relationship, which is which helps support his addiction. If I, it wasn't until maybe I feel like one of the last episodes when he's Matt is just like, well, yeah, no, I enjoy it. I'm like, oh, give me more of that. Give me like that justification for like, obviously he's still an asshole, but Matt just being like, actually, fuck you guys. Like I want to do this. Mm. Like I really, like I am addicted to it. Like it's, it's unhealthy. Like he's doing what he sees as the right thing, but it is unhealthy and really delve into that. But, I mean, they skim the surface, but... And the parallels are clearly there with addiction and what he's doing. Sure. But it's it's never really fully realised, I don't think. Do you think, yeah, it doesn't... I mean, sometimes the addiction thinking be a bit on the nose. I always think of the Willow arc in season six of Buffy. It <laughs> yeah. gets a little bit silly. And you're right, there are the whole thing of Matt just not, not showing up to appointments, basically, mm. or coming in rushed or whatever yeah. and letting down his friends because of his addiction. Um, those are there and they're not... I don't mind that they're not 100% in your face. No one has to say, you're addicted so much, although maybe that does happen a couple of times with Foggy. Um, but... But I just don't know what are, they're but, doing with it. But the it thing was, the they, thing. they still yeah. didn't explore it enough to actually yeah. get yeah, it doesn't it. like It doesn't have to be so symbolic that it's just like nauseating. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, but if you're going to delve into that thing, at least explore it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another note you had here, just because we're on Electra's arc, was you were talking about uh, discovering her true identity and that she must choose between her fate or choosing her, between fate or choosing her own destiny. Do you think you've explained that enough with what you were talking about there or is there a little bit more? And do you, you, one of the questions you asked in this note here is that you wondered if it was rushed Mm, yeah, I think I, I briefly touched on that earlier. And it, it, like I said, it does feel like it's really in those la- that last episode, that those last few episodes. Well, she w- disappears in- for a while. Yeah. She has that weird fight scene with mm. that guy in the um, airport because Stick sent him to kill her. And then, oh, no, he's, she's coming here to on, kill me yeah. now. Yeah, it's just it's just, just If that's going to be like the big moment at the end of your show of, of your season why on earth wasn't there a huge fucking build up to this woman's struggle yeah and so when she finally makes a choice and is ultimately sacrificed fuck it's it hits you but that's not what it is at all i don't know what it is i don't know what i'm meant to be feeling other than like surface level emotions like 
yeah, I don't know. It just mm, seems very rushed to me. Am I wrong? Just a little deviation here. Am I wrong in thinking that if she's the Black Sky, she's meant to be a pretty good warrior, right? That's yeah. going to be part of it, right? She gets almost she gets almost killed once and then absolutely killed by the people who she's meant to be the leader of. Mm. She's not that fucking good a warrior. <laughs> she must not be. She stick has to save her once and the second time she actually dies. Yeah. She's not really that good. Yeah. I mean, so she's, she's kind of the same as Matt, really. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't seem... She's not like, you know, the Phoenix. She's not like Jean Grey, where all of a sudden she's like, just, oh, you're powerful. Just understand how she's the black... Sc- I just don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's it's a nonsense term. Um, I Hopefully, to try and wrap up just my general overall feelings on the end of this season, um, I we've sort of touched about this, how simplified... And sort of childish and derivative this story is at times. Mm. But I think it's important to talk about that that just because a story is being told before or derivative is not necessarily a bad thing. Originality goes a long way, but originality without good execution doesn't mean a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And a story that's been told before can be great if told well. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest problem is that it's just a poorly told story on a number of levels, but especially the writing <laughs> and especially the dialogue. Like it's it's the writing in terms of like the actual plot and how it's structured and exploring your themes correctly. But worst of all, it's just the dialogue is so clunky and obvious and awful and takes itself too seriously and prevents the actors from actually being able to do anything to elevate these characters. Mm. And it just, it keeps this show from ever elevating beyond its derivative storyline. It can never escape that. The, so much of the dialogue is horrific. It is so bad and so easily remedied. There are things, you know. You can have a good redemptive arc. You can have a chosen Mm -hmm. one storyline. You can have um, mysticism stuff. Yes, it's been done before. Yeah. But it can be remedied. It's just like, you know, when we've got Electra in the bed and she's been injured and mm. she's talking about, you know, stick and she's, she, I, I can't remember the exact line, but it's pretty much like, oh, I did the one thing that he didn't want me to do, which is fall in love with yeah, you. It's yeah. like, for fuck's sake, you couldn't think of a better, more poignant, nuanced way of expressing that? How lazy are you? It's fucking ridiculous. It's it's such poor writing. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm dumbfounded half the time watching it. I'm just, like, cringing. Your show shouldn't be making me cringe with your sappy lines or just, yeah. A line that I've heard before but written better. So, it's bad stuff. It is. It is bad stuff. All right, I'm ready to move on. We're getting on a little bit here. Okay. You ready to get to some quick fire comments? I sure am. Excellent. So, I've got something prepped for you this time. The first time we did this, you said you wanted a buzzer. You got a buzzer? I got a buzzer. So yes. it's on my phone, so I'm just gonna get set up. But let me just let me just check this is working. Excellent. So I want you to hold that up next to That's so much fun. I want you to hold that up next to the microphone. Wait, I'll just do a test. Yep. Excellent. Perfect. Okay. I am uh I'm gonna start okay. and then once I'm done we'll switch okay. and it'll be your turn to we'll do it. We'll just see how many similarities we have. Okay. Uh, yeah, it will be interesting. I also wanna say, uh apologies. I don't have as many notes as normal, I don't think. I may end up being quite a few. Um. Yeah, I was watching this show on my phone a lot. I was watching this show <laughs> while I was doing other things. I don't have a whole lot of comments. 
um, or as many notes as normal. So they're not as detailed, and a few of these I've already talked about. Anyway, let's get going. Quick fire comments round one. Woo. I swear the only re- reason Daredevil gets shot in the head in episode one is to replace his NAF helmet. That's exactly why they did it. Fuck it was it was a better it's a, it's a good choice. much better helmet. <laughs> Italian mafia, Chinese, yakuza, Irish bikers, Mexican Mexican cartel, ex-military. We didn't even talk properly about the blacksmith and how that was that reveal was fucking <laughs> Shit. So awful. Oh my God. <laughs> as so soon bad. as she walked in, who she was seeing, I was like, oh, you're the Oh, blacksmith. hello, bad guy. Because yep. he was so friendly. I'm like, oh, cool. You're going to kill her. Yep. Awesome. Uh, and corporate. Are there any criminal criminal organizations that ha- don't have a base of operations in Hell's Kitchen? Where do the normal people live? It may as well have been called Organized Crimeville. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time seeing Vincent Van Gogh as a bad guy. Vincent. Vincent Van Gogh? So. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Irish That's guy that comes in. That's where I know him yeah, from. Yeah, He plays oh, the Vincent so beautifully in Doctor oh, Who. Vincent and the that Doctor. That episode beautiful will episode. destroy you. Season six of Doctor Who, Vincent and the Doctor. Go yeah. and watch it. It if is beautiful. You, though, if you're feeling particularly vulnerable, don't because yeah. it will make you so sad. Yeah, it's very it's sad. It's a great episode. It's though. also great though. Yeah. Uh, Claire is in it quite a bit. That was a note. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I always like Claire being in. I was surprised she was in as much as she was, actually. Yeah, I was happy about that. Hogarth cameo. We mentioned that. Great stuff. Fisk's in- inclusion was good, though after watching so much Orange is the New Black, the prison seems hella cartoonish. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Just because you keep telling me that Karen has an eerie knack for investigation doesn't mean I believe it. Matt. No one believes it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Matt's plan to keep Vanessa out of New York was stupid as hell. Uh, we've already established the system is corrupt as fuck. He's literally in control of the guards around you. You're a moron, Matt. <laughs> I had a hard time taking notes this season, so I don't have many examples, but there was an awful lot of bad lines this season. For example, I've just taken a few. I Ooh, didn't keep them. Exciting. I actually found these by trolling the uh, IMDb page for quotes. Nice. Um, so, <clears throat> Karen, you have information on the Punisher uh, Tower. That's classified. Karen, do I look like I'm going to post it on YouTube? Yep. Uh, stick. Mm, that's definitely a term. I'm going to post this on YouTube. <laughs> stick. Immortality. Bringing the dead back to life. Matt. Come on, Stick. Stick. I thought you were Catholic, Matty. Doesn't your whole belief system hinge on one guy pulling that off? <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Daredevil. Uh, you want to end it here or, or on the roof? Electra. I've always liked the fresh air. And... <laughs> Finally, the best of all, I'm just going to read this whole fucking thing. Ooh. Just in case just in case you haven't watched the show for some reason, you're listening along and you haven't been treated to this beautiful beautiful extended Is it a monologue? It is uh, a monologue. <clears throat> Aim, okay, right. It does it, there's a few this season, the punch has a bunch. It's not mm-hmm. it's not his. Okay. What is it to be a hero? Look in the mirror and you'll know. <laughs> Look into your own eyes and tell me you are not heroic, that you have not endured or suffered. I've endured this fucking article, Karen Shaw. Or suffered or lost the things you care about most. And yet, here you are, a survivor of Hell's Hell's Kitchen, the hottest place anyone's ever known. (laughs) A place where cowards don't last long. So you must be a hero. We all are. Some more than others, but none of us alone. Does it, this is rhyme? Is this, sometimes I think it rhymes. Some She's bloody, a bait poet. Some bloody their fists trying to keep the kitchen safe. Others bloody the streets in the hope that they can stop the tide, the crime, the cruelty, the disregard for human life all around them. But this is Hell's Kitchen. 
angel or devil, rich or poor, young or, or, or old, you live here. You didn't choose this town. It chose you. Because, because a hero isn't someone who lives above us, keeping us safe. A hero is not a god or an idea. A hero lives here, on the street, amongst us, with us. Always here, but rarely recognised. Look in the mirror and see yourself for what you truly are. You're a New Yorker. You're a hero. This is your Hell's Kitchen. Welcome home. <laughs> that is... Fucking also, nonsense. is that the end of the article? That is the end of the article. I, th- I think. It, there might be more, but that's the, that's always in the quote. Because I'm pretty sure he asked for 2,000 words and that ain't <laughs> it. That ain't it. Yeah. it. That was the article she was told to write instead of writing like... Uh, write something that only you or a five-year-old can write, Karen. <laughs> okay. If she is still got a job at the Bulletin or whatever it is next season... Like- if she's not murdered by the people that have worked there for 15 years... <laughs> I don't, I don't know what justice this is. This trash will be on the front page. This <laughs> fucking... Oh, my God. Anyway, that's the end of my quickfire comments. Yeah, lovely. Uh, what that about was, you, Damask? Let's go. Are you ready? Quickfire comments, round two. So, the war veteran neighbour came up to the roof because they were speaking loudly, but now they are literally screaming at one another and no one else seems to want to venture up to the roof to check this out. No other neighbours are concerned? No one cares. All right. Uh Karen quivering in every interaction with Matt is gross. Oh my god! <laughs> Just like getting she, I know he's blind, but it's fucking hell. She's just so. You know how Matt can hear grossly. everything. Yeah, he can just hear her secreting <laughs> oh like five hundred meters away. Oh, it's it is <laughs> so gross. It's the th- it, but it's it's used to replace chemistry as just her being. Mm, yeah, it's gross around him. Yeah. Uh, this is the show of a thousand grunts. Just the Punisher, He's Daredevil. <gasps> Can I just say I am sick of Matt Murdock's like breathing dramatically through his nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just, all right. Uh, oh, and the very sweet monologue that Punisher does about his daughter goes for approximately five years. It's very long. It was good it's for good. a while. Yeah, but and then it goes on. And then it gets to a couple of lines where you're like, okay, pull up, babe. Pull up, pull up buddy. You're done. You're done. No more. I like that you called did, the Punisher babe. That was really <laughs> cute. It's like, did Karen write this last bit for you? Go on. All right. Speaking of Karen, a bit of dialogue from her. Do you mind the rain? As she pensively closes her eyes. I hate Karen. She's a child. Give me more Claire. She was a strong, capable woman that knew herself. Karen is a Bella Swan basic bitch. Why does she like this guy? He clearly has a problem and barely spends any time with her. And why does she talk like she's in some sort of teen romance or fan fiction? Kill me. That was the note. That line, the do you like the rain or do you mind the rain, almost made my, my notes before. That was, that was, that was on the short list. Uh, next one, Jessica Jones is mentioned by Marcy, which is just a nice little touch. Uh, oh. Yeah, but mentioned as being a vigilante. She's not doing that much vigilantism, is she? She's mainly just, like, investigating things and, like, self-defense most of the time. But Hogarth, She's not going out of her way. But Hogarth's practice knows that she is doing vigilante okay, stuff. Okay, sure, right. Um, another Karen note. If Karen tossles her hair one more time, I'm going to cut off her hands. She's always what does tossle mean? Like playing with her hair and like moving around and like just any oh, kind of dramatic moment. Just like oh my hair, my hair. Am I beautiful? Um, all right. Uh, so we see Matt's revenge plot against the mobster that killed his dad, 
but it isn't his own. He's just the same old wet blanket as always. Electra is a crazy bitch and Matt is just a poor boy stuck in her vagina. Because this is interesting because we talked mm. about this, how this was part of his like stick stuff yeah. in the comics and just not happy with the way it goes down. It's just, it's exactly Matt as mm. Matt's always been. Like, no I won't cross that he, line. He, he didn't learn anything from that interaction. He was just being he was who he is. always yeah. that way, yeah. Missed opportunity Yeah, there. it just really is, isn't it? It just doesn't amount to anything new. Mm. What a waste, yeah. All right, so Matt is saying this to Electra. Why can't you just divest... Your funds from the Roxxon Corporation, Electra. That's a coward's way out. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> just divest your, your your investment. Just let. Uh, anyway, that just made no sense to me. What was her other solution? Murder everyone. I don't know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, the detective who who was a cop but was promoted into a detective this season says ambulance. Weird. Did you notice? No. Ambulance. 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 Oh, good. There was no. But he he had to say it like fifteen times this season. I was always Ambulance. I was always looking for the next foreman or tiramisu. <laughs> so I'm glad you picked up but on how ambulance. Do you get ambulance. Ambulance. Wrong. Ambulance. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. So I've already mentioned this, but if Karen is a witness in the case against Castle in with Grotto, then she, why would she be allowed in the room with him? Um. And oh yeah, another quote. You get me like no one else has before. We belong together. Ugh, Electra and Matt, fuck this show. It's so B-grade. <laughs> that was that note. I was glad to hear that was Electra. I was worried for a second that was Karen. I was like, fuck. You know? Whoa. Low standards Whoa. for being understood there. Um, all right, next one. Didn't Daredevil make Electra promise not to kill anyone, but then she goes to shoot some Yakuza guy in the head, and the only reason she doesn't is because the gun is empty. Um, what? I feel like he should have taken issue with that anyway. Um, oh, yeah, and I mentioned this earlier, the judge being like, are you reserving the right to make your opening statements at a later time? And Foggy's just like, screw it, uh, which makes no sense and is unprofessional and unnecessary. Uh, oh, yeah, and then after um, Matt and Stick have been chased by, like, an army of ninjas um, and Stick's talking about the war that's been going on forever, Matt's like, the war doesn't exist. It's just in your own mind. And I was just like, the war doesn't exist. You were just chased by an army of ninjas. Fuck you, Matt. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Anyway. Um, what? Oh, and during the court scenes, there's all these people with like giant signs that say like Frank is guilty. I'm like, oh, are was, they allowed was, to have signs? There was one that just said punish. Like, <laughs> you know, because he was the punisher. Yeah. Yeah. Except I thought it just said Punch, but they spelt punch wrong. It was punish with like a fist yeah, behind it. But the I was really hard to see, so I just thought uh, that they spelt like punch. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. I don't I, listen. That wouldn't surprise me. American legal systems and shit. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, Matt isn't asking any questions. He's just talking to the jury. No further questions. You didn't ask any questions. <laughs> um, episode ten. That's Matt- my favorite note. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, ask, you any didn't ask any questions. Episode 10, Matt's a real dick to Claire, giving her no choice. I'm with Claire. Matt is a fucking annoying martyr that is actually shit. Thank God for Claire. And also he gets her friend killed. And there's just like, they don't really dwell on that. Like the nurse that dies? Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That yeah. was just there. The one that's reminded me of Gloria from, uh, yeah, totally. from Orange New Black. Yeah. Uh, right. And yeah. When the Punisher says, you cross over my, to my side of the line, you don't ever get to come back. Um, who says? That's so simplistic. And also, why is the Punisher trying to sway Daredevil? But we've already discussed that. Um, 
What? Just on the Claire thing for a second, just to mm-hmm. interrupt for a second. They they spend an awful lot of time on Claire just like talking about like hospital administration as well. Yeah. Like, oh, that's it. I'm done. I'm leaving. It's like, cool. I think you're setting up for Luke Cage when you yeah. do this or something else. But yeah. like, why now? This is Daredevil. And I just don't understand like the hospital is like zombies. Ninjas were like covering, like climbing your walls. And you're like, we have a donation. Let's forget about everything. I'm like, how many witnesses were there that just saw like a hundred ninjas swarming the building? <laughs> Anyway. Or even that it was like massively her fault. She brought them in. It's like, but they were fucking ninjas. Yeah. Like, <laughs> think about that for a second. Yeah. Um, Extenuating circumstances, guys. Uh, next note. What is interesting about Matt? Seriously, why is he the protagonist? I look forward to a Punisher show. Uh, oh, Jessica Jones crossover. Hogarth is here, but why are they offering him a partnership? Uh and then when Matt finally says, if I don't have this, I'm not alive. I said, I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> and my very last note is, Karen is a terrible writer. Holy shit. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks, Damask. Let's move on to the final stages of this podcast. Favorite and least favorite episodes. Damask, can you give me your favorite episode, please? All right. The favorite episode is <laughs> oh, episode <God>. two. <laughs> it's episode two, Dogs to a Gunfight. Um, I didn't expect it to be this one because I like the Punisher later in the season when we get to know him a little mm-hmm, bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those episodes are so hit and miss. There's like good bits. There's really bad bits. Well, yeah, there's that much. It's less focused because you're going between yeah, exactly. the Electra staff and the Punisher staff yeah. and some of it's in the courtroom and some of it's not and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So I just think like this one is the most solid. It's the budding heads of the two ideologies, yeah. two men trying to do what they see is right, but they have two very different experiences. And Punisher says, you don't get to choose what fixes you. You know, he's still a monster at this stage, but we start to see that, you know, he is effective. Yeah. So I'm going to go with that one. I am giving my favorite episode to episode three, Mm -hmm. New York's Finest, mainly more than anything for the stairwell fight scene, Mm -hmm. because it was a fucking highlight. Um, There was some other good stuff in that as well. I think there was some other stuff I don't think I liked around Karen probably and just her fawning over Matt. Mm. Um, But generally, yeah, I really enjoyed it for similar reasons to episode two. I think more, although my least favorite episode will contradict this, um, the just it being focused on the... It's weird because... I think it's because, okay, it was focused on the Punisher for four episodes. Mm-hmm. If you tried to f- 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 sorry, focus on the Punisher for 13 episodes, it probably wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. But for those four episodes before Elektra was introduced, I think that was a good... It was almost like a short... It was like a movie. It was like... Mm-hmm. True. It was just like sharp, focused, and I think that worked quite well. Mm-hmm. If it was just like a four-episode miniseries, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that was that was worth it. That was good. Yep. And the episode three was my favorite one of those. Least favorite episode. I'm going to go with episode five, Kinbaku. Uh, I think it's the beginning of this season's biggest issues. Um, it was just such a quick switch to something very different. I didn't understand what Electra and Matt were, what they were trying to do with that. We see flashbacks of their past, but it doesn't give me... Really a deeper understanding of Matt. It does not give me any insight into who Electra is. It doesn't make her seem like a real person, which it absolutely should be doing. Um, And they just don't feel like a genuine couple. So it just, at that stage when you've got those first four great episodes to go to that, I'm like, wait, what are we doing? Where am I? Yeah, it was very confusing. 
Uh, so my least favorite episode is episode four, Penny and Dime, mm-hmm. and it's almost exclusively for the Matt and Karen stuff at the end of that, <laughs> which is them fair. in the That's fucking really rain bullshit, which starts the mm. rubbish, no chemistry, what the fuck are we doing with Matt and Karen episode five stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it also doesn't feel like Electra was introduced just a tiny bit too early. You like, we need to have Matt and Karen together for a little bit longer, even if their whole mm. relationship was a little phony. They've literally had like one date. I love that. Like it, it doesn't seem like they've slept together at all. But they act like they've dated for five years. They don't sleep together. Yeah, they. I just like I don't get what happen. this is meant to be. If yeah, once what, again, childish. Why do they you feel, hold hands and now they are in love? Why do you feel like it was they didn't sleep together? Was it seemed to be Matt that was the one that was putting I, the brakes? I, I think it would make Matt look. Ma- oh, no, he's a bad boss. No, no. <laughs> I think it's because the writers like, oh, it'll make Matt look like too much of a bad guy if he fucks her and then is also hanging out with his ex-girlfriend without telling her i think it'd make him look too bad and they didn't want to do that so just because he's stringing her along without sex he's less of a bad guy i I think that's how they see it yeah i don't have a lot of conviction in my least favorite episode or even my favorite episode mainly because there are very few instances of like an episode that's a complete yeah no i don't care either way i really don't it just like it is what it is yeah there's just Mm. mm. Final score and ranking, Damas. I'm giving it two and a half, which is half a point less than last season, and all of those points go to the Punisher. Cool. Yeah. I'm giving it a final score and ranking of three, which is a point five above oh, last season. That's nice, cute. So I, I, I ultimately think I enjoyed this more. I, one of the reasons I didn't like season one as much as you is because I didn't think Fisk worked as well, mm. mainly from a performance level. Yeah. Whereas I found while the new villain is shit, basically, or just really basic and not interesting. The Punisher in particular, and even Electra to some degree, is... I was I liked what they were trying to do with that, I guess. I think it was more effective one than... Yeah, and, and also because even though they were from two different... As we said, there was like two different shows meshed together, it had at least a bit of more energy and pace to it because Karen was doing something completely different and... And the Punisher had this, his storyline, and then we were back to Elektra and Matt. And so, it felt like the 13 episodes were filled up a little bit more, even though they did a shit job of actually exploring it. Mm. There was more varied plot. Like, it changed up. You know, we start with the Punisher at the start. Then we've got some court case stuff. Then we've got Frank on the run. Then we've got the... So, it's just a bit more varied. Mm. And even the action stuff was more varied. I do. I just... I cannot give a show that does what they did with Karen's article. Yeah. Three points. I'm sorry. But that is a fucking shit show. I mean, that exemplifies the biggest problem with the show, which ultimately is just the writing. It's the writing, yeah. It is the writing is just not there. Yeah. Do you want to keep watching? No. 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 I don't want to keep watching. I mean, I'll watch Luke Cage. Mm Mm-hmm. I watched the Iron Fist, though I don't have high hopes for that. I was looking at I was looking at Rotten Tomato scores yeah. today. Luke Cage is like ninety six percent. This season of Daredevil is like seventy six, I think. Yeah, Iron Fist is like seventeen. Yeah, holy crap! Though that could just be funny, so that might be interesting. Um, but I mean, I will. I'm interested in watching the Defenders because Jessica Jones is coming back, so I'm and excited for that. It's only eight episodes long, which is great. Um, but when season three of Daredevil comes around, I'm not going to be excited about that. I don't yeah, care. We, we've got I a, don't care at all. We've got a rule that if one of us doesn't want to watch, wants to give up on a show, that we won't watch it. Mm. Are you 
suggesting you might use that use that play pull that lever I no, think I, w- I don't think so because I I think there are th- well we'll see how we go after the defenders. Yeah, but after I the don't, defenders, may as well. but I don't think I will. I think there are still things to talk about with this show, um, and I think things are really going to change after the defenders. Not like um just in even in like you know where characters are placed and what's going on in people's lives. So I'm happy to explore that. I'm not going to pull that card just yet. I personally would be very happy for the show to end right now. Mm. Where they end with the family breaking up and then, like, Matt telling Karen that he's Daredevil. Um, And then just, honestly, the show is really telling me that they've... They don't really have a lot to say about Matt. No, they don't. I think I've got as much from the show as I'm going to get. Mm. I'm not... Are you pulling the card? No, I'm not because I want to see what happens to the Defenders and I even want to see trailers and stuff like that. Maybe mm. they'll bring in someone and I'll go, oh, wow, actually, that'd be really interesting. But mm. I don't know if there are better options for like for to bring characters except like, apart from Punisher and, and Elektra. Mm. Like they well, were- Apparently Punisher's having his own show. Well, good. Yeah. I'll be interested Which to I, see. I'm interested in watching that. Yeah, totally. Me too. But it's like they're the they were two great characters who ended up in their like having moments of their own, but not actually doing a whole lot for Daredevil. Mm. If you can't make the Punisher do a lot for Daredevil, then I'm not sure who's going to. Yeah, you know, short of getting Spider-Man in or something like that, it's not going to happen. Black Cat, I don't know. I don't know if those people are going to be interesting enough. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I'm. I'm curious about season three. I'm not ruling it out, but if it didn't come back, I'm not. I'll be like, okay, good choice. Yeah, that'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Predictions, hopes, and concerns about next season. I've got a couple. I yeah. definitely predict that Fisk will return a big way. They're setting yeah. it up, which I think is good. You wonder if maybe they're even setting him up for the Defenders. Mm. Possibility. Maybe Electra and the Hand return. I think that's a little bit, the whole thing with her and the sarcophagus is a little bit of a like a card that can play if they ever want to. I right. don't know if they're necessarily suggesting that's where they're going to go next. I hope not. I would like to just not even bother. I think they will go there. Uh, I hope not. Yeah. Stay away from it. It was the weakest I, yeah, part of the show. I think the hand will come back into it. Yep. I think Nelson and Murdoch by the end of the third season will be back together because they'll make up and because Foggy will realize he hates working in a massive uh, mm. firm and that he can't do what he wants to do, which is actually help the people. And so him and Nelson will have a... Um, re-establish Nelson Murdoch mm-hmm. and I predict that Karen will initially be upset with Matt um, that he lied to her that mm-hmm. he by omission didn't tell her about Daredevil um, but then she'll come around because true love Ugh. how boring mm-hmm. predictable der- der- yeah. der- uh, derivative derivative all the things we said before Look, I don't really have any predictions, hopes, or concerns or any of it. I don't care. That it doesn't come back. That's your yeah. hope? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I think we're done. Yeah, we are. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by searching for us on Facebook at Hunting Seasons. You can contact us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast. You can email us at Hunting Seasons Podcast at gmail.com. 
Gordesdamask.com. You can find me on Twitter at B Gordes, B G O R D E S Damask. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Masky Moo, M A S K Y M O O. Thank you very much to Sean Kirkpatrick for our wonderful logos and graphics. You can find his work at Sean Kirkpatrick Designs.portfoliobox.net or by searching for at Shawnee Boy Draws or at Shawnee Boy Comics on Instagram. Also, thank you to Jordan Calavis for our Hunting Seasons theme song. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classic Rex. Please, 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 please consider... Oh, broke, that was man. terrible, yeah. <laughs> Talking too much today. Uh, thank you. Uh, please consider uh, giving us a review on iTunes. All your reviews go a long way to helping us get be noticed by other potential listeners. So please throw us some stars on there. Next week, we will be back with season one of Luke Cage... Mm. How are you feeling about that one, Damas? I'm excited because I haven't seen it at all, so I'm quite excited. I'm excited to a degree because the reception around it seems to be quite positive, mm. though it didn't seem to get as much conversation around it as Daredevil yeah. and Jessica Jones did. And a lot of people like Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And Jessica Jones, I definitely enjoyed more than Daredevil, but Daredevil does not set a high bar and... Mm. I'm I'm just worried it's going to be the same old something derivative 13 episodes that it just scrapes through with just enough plot and it drags on and I lose interest and fuck knows what's going to happen. But I believe Claire is in that a lot, isn't she? She certainly is. Well, so that's I'm looking something because yeah. I already care about Claire. Yeah. And I kind of care about Luke Cage. I, I care Jones. about Luke and I care about Claire and I think those actors are great. So I'm hoping that they will be able to pull off the dialogue that many of the characters and actors in Daredevil couldn't. You know, that actually that actually got me a little bit excited. Just thinking about that, it's like, Luke, I liked Luke, and I'm looking forward to actually getting to explore him really in depth. That mm-hmm. would be similar to a Punisher series. Yeah, he could be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. into that. Cool. Okay, that'll be good. Hopefully that's good. <laughs> we'll be back with that next week. Thank you very much for listening to Hunting Seasons. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.